Let's look at Isaiah 43, chapter 18, verse 19. And it says this, but forget all that. We can literally just walk away, but forget all that. Okay, bet. But it continues. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do a new thing. See, I've already begun. There's another translation on, in verse 19. It says, do you not see it? Another word is, do you not perceive it? We'll get into that in a little bit. But verse 19, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the wasteland. This morning, the title of my message is Do the New Thing. Do me a favor, as you are being seated, look at your neighbor and say, it's time to do the new thing. For those of you online, in the chat, in the comment, right, it's time to do the new thing. Awesome. Would you do me a favor? Would you pray with me? And then we'll get into it. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see in Isaiah 43, chapter 18 through 19, it literally, at the very beginning, it literally just says, but forget all that. And what I love in this passage of scripture, the word forget doesn't necessarily mean that I am going to block it out. I'm going to act like it never happened. I'm going to be okay with what happened. That's not what it's saying. It, it literally means to just not talk about anymore. See, there are things that have been in your past, whether it was this year, 10 years ago, last night, like <laughs> There have been things in your life that you just cannot forget. But what I love about Jesus is, if it's in his scripture, then it's possible. I heard one story, uh, one pastor say it this way, where to forget, to not talk about anymore, it's not the theme to your story. It may be in one chapter, but it doesn't necessarily need to be in chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5. It just needs to be there. So forget is to just not talk about anymore. Okay, and hear me out. There's a difference between talking about it to like help people receive healing, share your story, your testimony, all of that. But then there's another like you're watching football and some guy gets tackled and you're like, my dad used to tackle me. It's like it just gets triggered like type of thing, right? And, it, and it's always coming up in like the most random places, right? That's where the conviction of the Holy Spirit goes, okay, maybe you should like fix that. Let's work on that. There's a difference. There's a difference between talking about it for healing and growth and talking about it for talking about it. But it says to forget all that. For those of you that have been here, uh, the youth hear it all the time. But my story, I have two kind of key components to my story. When I was a baby, I had a lot of clump complications growing up. I was supposed to be paralyzed from the neck down. I wasn't supposed to do anything, and, but God stepped in. That is a chapter of my story, but that's not my theme. We fast forward to when I was about six years old, the starting of my dad, and I'm so thankful that God restored that. My parents were actually here last week. We spent Christmas together. They gave my dog more presents than me. I'm still getting healing on that one. But anyways, nonetheless, when I was six, because of my dad's hurt and pain, he abused us. And it was really hard because it happened for a very long time. But God stepped in. And God not only stepped in and healed my dad through his hurt and his pain, but it restored my parents' relationship, restored my relationship with him. My dad is my hero. He's one of my best friends to this day. And I'm so thankful of the redemption of who God is. 
How many of you guys are thankful for who God is in your life? Come on. Hey, a quiet church is a dead church, so I need y'all to wake up. Come on. I've gone a year without energy drinks, so y'all got to help me out, okay? But that's not the theme to my story. It's a chapter in it. If I had themes, if I was to ask you what would be the theme to your life, what would you say? For me, the two would be, but God, because there's been a lot of moments where I've messed up, but God has stepped in. There's been a lot of moments where I needed God and he stepped in. But the second one is probably my biggest one. He's not done yet. You ever felt like God was done with you? Many times. I can remember one specific. I was literally 10 years ago. I was serving at my other church, in my home church where I grew up, and I was helping out in youth ministry, and we had this really big event. All the churches came together. It was the coolest thing ever, and I was on like the mountaintop experience. I was like, yo, this is awesome, because God called me when I was 14, and by this time I'm 19, and I'm like, yo, this is, this is dope. A month later, I got let go. You ever have that? You get like mountaintop experience, and then you just all the way down? And it went hard, and I was like, God, is this, was that it? Like, was that all that you asked me to do? And I remember I was playing drums at my church, and I was still serving there. It was a couple months later, and I'm having an argument with the Lord. Like, literally, I'm playing drums. It's a worship song, and I'm fighting with the Lord. Like, man, God, what in the world is happening? And I'm building when there's not supposed to be. I'm playing drums too hard and all that stuff. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? And I'm trying to have this conversation with the Lord. And I know for a fact I did not hear God's voice, but I felt his presence. So I'm going down this list of, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I'm so uncomfortable here, but I'm too comfortable where I need to be. Does that make sense? And so I'm going down this list, Lord, what do you want me to do? You want me to do this, 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 this? And I finally said, Lord, do you need me to move and go be with my youth pastors and learn from them some more? Immediately I felt the, pre- the peace of God. I felt his presence. As if everything I just walked through never happened. I just felt it so evident in my life. I called my youth pastor and I said, hey man, I think the Lord is asking me to do this. I feel the peace of it. I'm actually really excited. I'm actually packing up now. You want to come get me type of thing? And it was like wild. And so we prayed about it some more. I sought wisdom, counsel, all that stuff. And I knew that this is the direction that God had for me. Now, fast forward. It was the best decision I ever made. I lived in a garage in Visalia, California for two, uh, almost two years. And if you've ever been to Visalia, um, it is hot. It is whew, like, not today Satan hot. It is, it is bad. It's not as bad as Bakersfield, but it's hot. Anyways, so in that preparation of, of getting ready to leave, I packed everything up and I was getting ready to go. And my dad put the mattress on top of the Toyota Highlander. Now, I trusted my dad. My parents got remarried, all this stuff, and they're having a great relationship. And so I had a trust in my dad, and I had a little bit of an extra trust in my dad because my dad was in this ministry called Royal Rangers. Now, if you don't know what Royal Rangers is, it is a ministry where uh, men help boys become men, and they go through all these spiritual um, scriptures, attributes, all this stuff. Then they have survival skills. It's a little weird, but it's good. It's all that great, and it's, it's still awesome. But he was like the rope guy. He would do square knots and all this like crazy stuff, right? And so he put the mattress together, and he tied it on top of the Toyota Highlander. And my dad said this one word. Now, if, if you've heard this before, please know the altars are open. What I'm about to say, it's fine, but this sometimes triggers people. My dad snapped the rope, and he said this phrase, 
It's not going anywhere. I don't know about you, but when my dad says that now, I'm like, okay. I got to put extra faith in that. But he snaps the rope. He says, it's not going anywhere. We drive about 30 minutes down the road. We're on Highway 99. It's nothing really fancy. It's just a highway. And I reach up to the top, and I'm not feeling it. And I begin to panic. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's happening. And I, like, look up, and it's there, and it's just hanging on by, like, one thread, right? And what do I do? I try to fix it. I can't reach it. I'm, like, trying to do this, this, this. And because of my own mistake, because of me trying to do it on my own, I messed up the rope, and it flew off. It went on the side. We were able to pull over. We found a dumpster. We did all the great things about it. But it was one of those things where I was like, man, if I didn't mess with it, it could have lasted the journey. And I see in our lives that God has stuff, and God says, hey, it ain't going anywhere. I need you to trust me, right? But in our own failure and insecurity, we try to fix it because it's not working the way we think it should work. Am I talking by myself? Okay, it's just me. That's fine. Right? We're having these moments with the Lord. We're like, yo, what are we doing? And we mess up and we fly off. What does all of this have to do with today's message? I end up going to Visalia. God spiritually disciplined and matured me in a way that I've never been before. He opened up my eyes to what it truly means to be a disciple of who Jesus is. And it changed everything for me. Why? God wasn't done with me yet. And he's not done with you yet either. Some of you, you're hanging by a thread. <laughs> Let's be real. Some of us are hanging by a thread. But I need you to know, God's not done with you. For those of you in the room and online, I want to share this with you. God's not done with you yet. For those of you that have walked through a hard season in 2023, you're stronger than you feel. You're doing better than you think. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to be hurt. Healing takes time. But understand that if you're alive and breathing, he's not done with you yet. And understand that God's redeeming power is so much better than what we can do on our own. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with me. So, in order for us to go into 2024 right, to see what the Lord truly has for us, I believe there's three things that we need to go into. There's three things that we need to look into. Number one is this. We got to forget the old. Forget the old. Again, forget is to just not talk about anymore. Not let it be the center of our life. Let me tell you this. The enemy wants to keep you in a place that you cannot change. Hear me out. If you had a bad upbringing, if you had a bad past, the enemy will literally say that's as good as that is where you will be. You will always be in that area. If you had a good past, he'll say that's as good as it will get. Fun fact, if you didn't know, the enemy doesn't know your future. If he does, if he tells you about your future, he's lying. The devil's all, like, he's powerful, but he ain't all powerful. God's all powerful. But he'll talk to you about your past. And he will, he will, he will talk to you real good about that. He'll tell you what you want to hear about your past and what you don't. But the enemy will keep you in a place that you cannot change. But Tim, you don't understand what happened to me in the past. I know. I don't know what happened to you. I don't know what 
has caused your life to go into a place where you just can't let go of that. But I think one of the biggest things that people all the time have the hardest time doing is forgiving. Because to them, and to some, people think that forgiving is like, okay, I'm going to act like it's okay and everything. Like, no. Forgiveness is not saying that you agree with what has happened to you. Forgiveness is just saying, I'm not going to let it control my life anymore. And if we have to get rid of the old things, we have to forget, we have to let go of it. It's not saying that it's going to be okay and I'm, I'm, no. It's just not going to have a foothold in my life. My mentor used to say this all the time, forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. I grew up in camps where this night was on forgiveness and we would have hundreds of kids that would come up to the altar and they would forgive their dads, their uncles, their, anybody who was ever hurt them before. And it was one of the most powerful moments in all of the camps that I've ever been to. Every year after year, I'm looking forward to people getting set free from fear and unforgiveness. Again, forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. It's for you to be able to actually get a good night's sleep. Understanding that if I want to do something, if I want God to do something in my life next year, I probably should deal with this now and not take it with me in the next year. So we have to forget the old. Number two, we'll get a little bit fun here. You have to forget the old, but now you have to change the sound and the environment. What do I mean by that? Proverbs 18, 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. All the health nuts say you are what you eat, right? Listen, all of us want Krispy Kreme. They just, we don't want it to show, right? Come on, let's be real. But what you speak is who you perceive to be. Are you going to speak life or are you going to speak death? So if I'm forgetting the old and I'm letting go of what has hurt me before, then I have to change how I speak. I have to change the environment where I go into, right? Come on, some of y'all are going to be going back to work this week and you're not really happy about it. But if you change your environment, if you change the steps of where you are going, it will get better, right? Okay, let me tell you something. Aaron, are you back there, bro? I'm going to have Aaron come out. Aaron's my buddy. He's on keys. He's super awesome, and he's going to do an illustration with me. For those of you that need to change the sound in the environment for you, one of the biggest things people need to do is you have to change how you speak, right? For a lot of people, they want their marriage to be better. Well, then stop talking junk about your spouse. For those of you that want to stop drinking, don't say, oh, I'm sober, but I'm going to have a couple glasses of wine. Oh, man, I want to do better at school. Get off video games. I'm speaking to everybody. You have to change the sound. You have to change the environment. A lot of people think that the environment is everything that's around them. It's true. But you got to change this environment first. You want God to do something in your life? Start the new thing here, and then everything will come out from there. You have to adjust it. Okay, okay, let's have some fun. What's up, Aaron? Okay. I know we don't believe in these things here, but you ever watch a movie... And there's like a scary part in it. I know we don't believe in scary movies, but there's some people that do. And what happens is, is you're watching a movie, and I don't know 
I don't know why this happens all the time, but there's a certain group of people that like to scream at the TV when the person's running and like they can hear them. And it's funny because like, let's go there. No, don't go in the bar. Like it's just, it doesn't make sense, right? Or you have these people that just go in there. Okay, let's go back to church. Okay. It's gonna be fun. I'm trying to, your life has a soundtrack. Our church has a soundtrack. Could you imagine, let's go with me for a moment. Could you imagine if Pastor Troy went to give an altar call and that was, that was the sound? Guys, Jesus loves you. And he died for you and you and you and you and you and you. Okay. Some of y'all would be like, yo, he went to Chuck E. Cheese this weekend. He, he's, all, he's all knocked out. Right? Let's go dark. What if he went this way? Revelation. Jesus died for your sin. Like, right? Okay, stop. We're going to go there. I'd be like, not today, Satan. I'd be out the door. I'd be freaked out, right? Let's go to church. There's a God who loves you. And he cares so much about you. Doesn't that feel so much better? Right? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Let, let's go, let's go, let's go, uh, let's go scary. <sighs> you know, I, I just don't like my job. Everybody there is just terrible. It's just crazy. Right? Now go happy. be a great day. Man, I'm going to move forward in this next season. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to work better, right? I'm going to do certain things, okay? We'll pause right there. Now, let me bring it to the audience, okay? All of you know these certain songs, okay? I'm going to sing a little bit, and then you're going to repeat, okay? Father Abraham had many sons, Y'all are so good. We need a choir here, Pastor Andrew. Come on. All right, all right. Here we go. We just did this one. How great is our God? Okay, okay. Some of y'all need it. Okay, we'll go to another one. Uh, sometimes you want to go. Okay, okay. All right, we go. Sweet Caroline. Okay, bring me back to church. Why do you know those songs? Because you listen to them over and over and over again. Sometimes you actually read the lyrics to those songs. So why is it so easy for us to memorize songs but not be in our word and memorize scripture? I do with teenagers all the time. I say, man, you know, because I have people all the time, they're like, well, I, I read the Bible through my phone. Cool, go to your settings, open up screen time, show me where the Version Bible app is on your phone. Where's your time? I'm telling you, that's the most anointed thing that Apple has ever done is they put the screen time to tell you where your priorities are at. But in order for us to get rid of the old, we change the sound and we change the environment. We have to prioritize. What are we speaking? Who comes into our life and the environment is still of God? Are we pointing people towards Jesus or are we just keeping them where they're at? I'm a firm believer that we cannot go into the new unless we fix now what God wants to do in our lives. What's the soundtrack to your life? Is your soundtrack pointing people towards Jesus? Or is it just sitting still? Darby, come up here real quick. We have to forget the old. We have to let it go. And then we have to change the soundtrack to our lives. 
And point number three, we have to make room for the new. This is Darby. Darby, uh, he leads security for our youth group here, and uh, he's pretty awesome, and he's just an overall legit guy. Great dad, great husband, all this kind of stuff. And uh, I told him I was going to have him do this, and he was about to throw me. So, Darby, here's what I Stand right here and just hold your hands out like this. So, if we need to make room for the new, this is God. And God always wants to pour his best out on us. And I think what happens is God says, okay, I'm going to give you this to start off with. Here we go. And you're holding on to it. And it's good. God doesn't give bad things. He gives good things. But God can't give us more unless we do what? Pour it out. So now, go back. His hands are empty. They have evidence of the goodness of God, but they're empty. So now God can say, okay, great. Hey, I'm gonna give you some more. Go ahead and pour it out. Go ahead and pour it out. Yep, I'm gonna keep giving you some more right there. And what happens is, is we go through these seasons where God gives us some and then he gives us much and all these different things. And so now Darby has a lot more than what God originally gave him. But what happens is, is there's seasons in our life where we think that's all God is going to give us. And so we hold on to it. And we say, nope, that as good as it's going to get, God, I'm scared to give it away because I don't know if I'm actually going to get more. And God's saying, you trust me. Okay, pour it out. I'm going to give you some more. Pour it out. I'm going to give you some more. And what happens is here, the faithfulness of God over and over and over and over again. But because we don't let go of things, because we don't forgive, because we don't change the sound and environment, we stay right here in this season for as long as we can hold it. And what happens is time begins to change. And as time begins to change, you're still holding on to what God gave you. God gave you a calling and you're still holding on to it. But what happens if I come up and say, man, Darby, I can really use some help and stuff. And his hands are full. What happens in our life is we have to constantly be available to pour it out. And not pour it out for the sake of, I just constantly need to get the blessing of God. God will always give you blessings if you are faithful and obedient. But what I love about us as the body of Christ, as City View Church, is when Darby pours it out, go for it. Darby's empty for a bit. And he looks at his life. And he's sitting there. And he's going, man, I'm in a really hard season. And I've poured everything out right? I don't know what to do. Man, God's just done with me. And what happens is, is we have this moment where we're constantly thinking, man, God's done using me. I'm fresh out. My glory days were behind me. And what happens is, is we always look at this. We look at the emptiness in our hands or the emptiness in the season that we're feeling that we forget to look down and see all that God has given us before. How many of you in your life have seen faithfulness after faithfulness of God's goodness? And in a struggle, you're able to look down and say, okay, well, if God got me out of that, he can definitely get me out of this. 
time after time. And what happens is, is God says, okay, Darby, I put you, I got you in that season. Now I'm gonna give you more. And he just gives it and you pour it out and you pour it out. And now what happens is Darby's a leader. He helps out in youth ministry and he's just constantly pouring it out to teenagers and he's constantly pouring it out to his family and his friends and his coworkers and everything that God is doing in his life is being poured out because of the goodness of God. Why? Because he's constantly understanding the faithfulness of God, but he's making room for the new. Thank you. Some of y'all, yeah. He wants to make room. He wants to give you new things, but are you willing to make room? I'm telling you right here, Isaiah 43, 19, it says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. If God's putting in work, maybe we should too. Faith without works is dead. So if we're believing God to do something new in our lives, then we have to put in the work. We can't just expect blessings to just show up at our front door. God will give us blessings time after time and he will always do it for us and he will always be there for us. But we have to put in our work. We have to say, God, use me. I'm broken. I'm messed up. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. But God, if you can use anything, you can use me.